continuing to work through the Old Testament and pull out some vignettes that give us a vision of Jesus and who Jesus would be in the minds of the Old Testament readers and those who were alive even during the life of Christ himself. And so this morning we're going to look at the Old Testament prophet named Elijah. Now, you never know walking with God when something unusual is going to happen. I've uh, found the, the most bizarre things can happen in this world that are thoroughly never expected. And I am reminded of the story that we read about in the Gospels. Matthew chapter 17 is one easy place to read the story, but Mark's got the story and Luke's got the story as well. Look for a moment at Matthew chapter 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. And he led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. Now, I want to pause for a moment and say, this is after six days. What happened in those six days? We don't know. The implication from the text is uneventful. Nothing worth reporting. It's been a, it's been a dry week. And then on the seventh day, Jesus says to Peter and James and John, Hey, come on, I want you guys to go with me. This is the unexpected. I mean, they're like, okay, it's been a, you know, this is day seven, nothing much to write about. So we'll go with you. So they get up and they just head out. He goes up on a high mountain and he was transfigured. The Greek word transfigured is metamorphed, metamorphe. He was, he metamorphed in front of them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. Behold. Now, the Greek word for behold is edu. And what it really means um, is, is not even a word that you always translate. It's, it's a word of emphasis. It means, you know, pay attention to what's going to be said here. This is really important. When, when I taught the life group Greek class, if you recall that, edu is the word that I equated to Emerald Lagasse's BAM! For emphasis, okay? So, bam! That's what Matthew's saying here. He says, Jesus is transfigured. His face shines like the sun. His clothes are white as light. And bam! Appears Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Okay, now that's a stunner. Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. Been a dry week. Really? Yeah. Oh, hang on. Jesus wants me to go with him somewhere. There you go. Where are we going? Well, let's climb up here. Whoa, look what happened to Jesus. He's transformed. That's Moses and Elijah 
talking with Jesus. And Peter, bless his heart, says, Lord, it's a good thing we are here. <laughs> I just love little Peter. <sighs> yeah, Peter, it's a real good thing you were there. <laughs> Where would Jesus be without you? He only had Moses and Elijah. And it's a good thing we're here. If you wish, I will make three tents. Now it's changed from, it's a good thing we're here. Me, Peter, James, and John. If you want, I'll do this for you, Jesus. I will make three tents here. I'll make one for you. I'll make one for Moses and one for Elijah. Tents, uh, uh, just shelters. Shade. We'll provide you shade on this mountaintop so that you all can then have your dialogue. It's a good thing I'm here. If I wasn't here, you'd be under this harsh sun with no shade. And while he's still saying this, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Hmm, maybe God could provide his own shade. Peter... It's a good thing we're here. Otherwise, you would be out in this harsh sun, but I can make you shade. <laughs> While he's saying that, the cloud comes over. It's still bright, but it's a cloud and it overshadows and gives the shade. And a voice from the cloud says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. Jesus came and he touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. And they lifted up their eyes and they only saw Jesus. Now that's a stunning day. That's a little different. That's worth writing about. You never know when something unusual is going to happen, but something unusual happened that day. And Peter, bless his heart, as, as Pastor David said this morning, Peter had that tendency to think in terms of himself first. So Peter's thought was, oh, it's really good I'm here. Jesus, where would you be without me? You'd be standing in the sun, but I can build you three shelters, one for each of you, as if they're three are on equal footing. And God says, I'll provide the shade and then says, these three aren't on equal footing. Jesus is my son. Listen to him. And the Elijah and Moses are gone when they look up. Now that is a great story, but it calls us to learn the story of Elijah. I'd love us to learn the story of Moses too, but we've already covered Moses in this series. And how Moses spoke of Jesus. The story of Elijah is found in a book that in our English Bibles we call 1 Kings. Bleeds over a little bit into 2 Kings. But it starts in 1 Kings chapter 17. The king is Ahab. Dale Hearn has just really requested. King Ahab. I'm going to try it the way you said it may work. King Ahab has, you know how, like when the president enters the room, they play hail to the chief? It turns out they had the same tradition back in ancient Israel. 
And I did not know that until Dale pointed it out to me. He had found a recording of the ancient Israeli song that was played for King Ahab when he walked in the room. We're going to see if this works. walking in. If you don't know your George Thorogood and the Destroyers, that's bad to the bone. <laughs> and the lyrics are really priceless. I just didn't have four minutes for us to play through to hear he's b -b -b bad to the b bone. Um, so King Ahab comes into the picture and he's a bad guy. He's married to a queen named Jezebel. She kind of ruined that name for history. Very few people say when they bring their new child into the world and it's this little baby girl, oh, let's name her Jezebel. It's kind of like Hitler. It's one of those names you just generally aren't going to use much anymore. But bless her heart, Jezebel has ruined that name for now 3,000 years almost. So Ahab is married to Jezebel. And they worship idols. They kill the prophets of God. And they are disruptive to everything that God had given Israel. Wicked king. So Elijah the, the Tishbite, Tishbite from Tishbe of Gilead, Elijah the Tishbite comes to the scene and he says to King Ahab, Oh, wicked king, God is going to withhold rain R-A-I-N, rain. There will be a drought because of your failures as a king. Because of the idolatry of the nation. Because of the unholiness that is there. And the drought comes. Now, Elijah, he goes off by a little stream. He stays at the stream. He drinks from the stream. He survives there until the stream dries up. And once the stream dries up, he goes to Zarephath, where there is a widow. And the widow of Zarephath has been told that the prophet of God's coming and she's to take care of him. So he goes to Zarephath and he sees the widow gathering up sticks for a fire. And he says, hey, I'm Elijah the prophet. I think you know you're supposed to like uh, help me out here. I'm kind of thirsty. Can you bring me a little bit to drink? And uh, can you bring me something to eat? And the widow says, well, that's what I'm doing right now is I'm gathering up sticks. Our food's gone. We've got a little bit of flour and we've got a little bit of oil. And I'm getting the sticks to go home to, to make our sort of last meal to feed my son and I 
and then we're just going to die because we're out of food. And Elijah says, all right, look, here's the deal. You go home, you do what you're saying, but first make me some, and I'm going to give you the assurance that Yahweh, the God of Israel, the true God, the one true God, will make sure your flour never runs dry, your oil never runs out until this drought is over. She says, deal. She goes back. She makes him the food. She gets the water. She feeds him. She feeds her son. They're able to eat. And basically she becomes the boarding house, the bed and breakfast for Elijah, the Tishbite. He moves in upstairs. Now this goes on for a while. And the widow's son falls ill and dies. And the distraught widow blames Elijah the Tishbite. You've brought judgment into my house. You're the reason my son is dead. Never mind the fact it's not his fault. In her reality, it is. And so she is crying over this. And Elijah says, hang on. And he takes the body of the boy upstairs to to his room, his chambers, where Elijah has been staying. Lays him out on the bed, prays over him. And God brings the baby, the baby, the boy, the son back to life. And Elijah brings him back down. Elijah, a powerful fellow who has seen the hand of the Lord. I mean, look, if I'm Elijah at that point, I'd love to tell you, I'm going to never doubt this Lord again. But I will also tell you, if I was Elijah the Tishbite, I would know better than to tell you that because it doesn't matter what God works in your life. The next crisis that comes, you still may be scared to death and just seeking the Lord and, and, and on your knees and crying before him. That's the nature of who we are in some ways. We may get better at it as life goes on, but it's still a struggle. Now, the, the drought, meanwhile, has continued. And so there comes a time where Elijah is going to confront the king, Ahab. And he goes to confront Ahab, but, but the way he does it is a little different. Ahab actually has a servant named Obadiah. It's a beautiful name. Obadiah, Oved, Eved, means servant. But the Yah at the end means he serves Yahweh God. So the king thinks he serves the king, but Obadiah truly serves Yahweh God. In fact, when the king ordered death to the prophets of God, Obadiah secretly hid them by fifties in caves. Because he served the king, but his main service was to Yahweh God. 
So a, a, a Elijah finds Obadiah. And, and Obadiah is out. What had happened was King Ahab said, look, we've got to find pasture land that's got grass or all of our horses and are going to die too. And, and so Obadiah, you go search that side of the kingdom. I'll go search this side. And, and Elijah finds Obadiah and says, Obadiah, go tell King Ahab, Elijah is here. And Obadiah says, you want me dead? He says, I mean, I, look. We've been searching for you. The king has put out an APB on you. All points bulletin. There is a, a bounty on you. Josie Wales, the bounty hunter, has been looking for you. Everybody's been looking for you. Wanted, dead or alive. Elijah. Now, you want me to go tell him, hey, I just saw Elijah, and Elijah's going to see you today? A, he's going to wonder why I didn't kill you on the spot. B, he's going to wonder why I didn't haul you to him in chains. Or at best, C, he's going to come to find you and send his army to get you, and you'll disappear again like you have for the last three years. And then he'll kill me. And Elijah says, just do what I'm telling you to, please. Just just do it. Obadiah says, okay. But when I'm dead, I'm telling God it's your fault. <laughs> so Obadiah goes and finds Ahab. Ahab and Elijah hook up. Elijah comes and finds Ahab. Elijah says, look, here's the deal. You think that Baal and Asherah are the gods that we should be worshiping. I think it's Yahweh God who revealed himself to Moses. Who said in the Shema that David said we should be teaching our children. Deuteronomy 6, 4 and following. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh your God, Yahweh is one. I think that's who we ought to be worshiping. So you get your prophets and we'll meet on Mount Carmel and we will have a debate. It will be a, 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 a God-off. Instead of a cook-off, it's a God-off. Whoever's real God stays, whoever's a fake God's off. So all of Israel turns out for this event. And, and there it is. It's all set up. You got 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah. She was the goddess. And Elijah for Yahweh. Elijah says, all right, y'all build your altar. Take a bull sacrifice the bull and call upon your gods. And you got two of them. So you got like, it's a twofer, double shot. To consume in fire your sacrifice. No matches. You're not allowed to start it. It's got to come from God. Then I'll do the same. And whichever God lights the sacrifice is the true God. So it's game on. 
he, and, and Elijah, in fairness to the other side, says, not only do you get to go first, you get to pick the bull. So they pick their bull. They put him on the altar. It's really a fun story to read. They start doing the bull dance. They're dancing and singing and crying out to God's Baal and Asherah. And then nothing's happening. They start cutting themselves, trying to get his attention. Nothing's happening. Then Elijah starts smack talking. And he's pretty good at it too. Elijah smack talks. First Kings 18. Let me see if I can find my favorite. I mean, this is pretty good. My favorite verse here. Elijah says, Choose yours. And da, 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 da. Okay, yeah, here it is. Here's the smack talking. There's no voice. No one answers. They say, Baal, answer us. No one answers. They limp around the altar they'd made. At noon, Elijah smack talked them. The ESV doesn't understand that word, so they've translated it mocked. But it means smack talked in Lubbock. <laughs> Cry. Now, a lot of British people were involved in the translation that we call the English Standard Version. Okay? So they speak very prim and proper. I'm going to read their words and then I'm going to tell you what it means in, in Lubbock. <laughs> Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is musing or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. No, this is what he said. Hey, you need to yell louder. Maybe he's watching TV or something and he doesn't hear you. He might be using the bathroom. Maybe he went on vacay. Might even be a work trip. Might be asleep. You got to yell louder and wake him up. So they start yelling louder and they're cutting themselves and the blood's gushing out of them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah's turn. Elijah says, it's too easy for me. Uh, why don't y'all, uh, here, just dig a trench around this. And now bring some water. Pour water on my bull. Pour water on my wood. Let's make this really challenging for God. Lord, Light my fire. <laughs> Dale, you started this. <laughs> and bam! Fire comes from heaven, devours the wood, the water, the bull. And everybody's like, okay, 
we know who just won this contest. And he, Elijah, rounds up, has Israel round up all of the, the false prophets and takes them out and, and kills them. Old Testament rule for false prophets. There's another king that's written about, uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> bless Elijah's courage and faith and strength. But I got to tell you, after he does that, Jezebel says, I want him dead within 24 hours. And Elijah is scared to death. Elijah, who has seen God raise the dead. Elijah, who has seen God devour the sacrifice. Who has seen God defeat everybody. Is scared of Jezebel and that announcement. And Elijah goes and he hides himself. And he says, God, just kill me now. She's going to get me. Just kill me now. God just kind of laughs at him and says, man, what does it take? That's Elijah. Uh, the next king comes in and he doesn't walk with the Lord either. He falls through the lattice work and gets hurt. Uh, needs to know, is he going to get well? Wants to go ask the false gods, the false idols. But Elijah finds out about it and says, go tell the king he's going to die. And the uh, guys say, uh, we found this guy. He said, uh, you're going to die. And the king says, what did he look like? And they say, oh, great, it's Elijah. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. That's him. That's Elijah. Now, at the end of Elijah's life, Elijah has, God told Elijah, he said, I want you to go find Elisha, and that's who you're going to train as your successor. And Elisha says to Elijah, hey, I know your end on earth is near. I would like a double blessing of the Spirit of God. And Elisha says, if you're with me, when I'm gone and you you're there and you see me leave, you'll get a double blessing. So Elisha sticks with him like glue. Elijah, as his time to die draws near, doesn't die. God sends a chariot of fire. And Elijah gets on. His cloak falls to Elisha as the chariot of fire takes Elijah off. Now, as a result of all of this, Elijah... And Moses, who didn't go with Israel. So Israel never knew where his grave was. They knew he was on Mount Nebo and suspected he died there. But Moses and Elijah were two that were, in a sense, ancient prophets who never had died for certain. Where no one saw it. So it was not uncommon in Jewish rabbinical writings and other things to consider that Elijah would return. Or that Moses might. Hence the Mount of Transfiguration. But before we get to that, I want to go to another passage that talks about Elijah returning. And that's in the book of Malachi. Now Malachi, in the way we order our Bibles in, in, in Christian tradition, is the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi in the English Bible is four chapters. I say that because in the Hebrew Bible it fits into three. But Malachi is four chapters and in those four chapters are six dialogues where God announces a judgment. The people give a defense and God gives a response. Dialogue one. Dialogue two. God pronounces a judgment. The people give a defense. God responds. 
Same thing in each of the six dialogues. And then at the end of the six dialogues, there's this passage that's Malachi 4 in our English Bibles. And it kind of stands apart. Oh, we've got to really move. Um, if you want to find Malachi, look for Matthew and then just get in front of it. These are the last verses in the Old Testament before we get to Matthew 1 where Jesus is born. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will not leave them root nor branch. They're going to burn up. Oh, what has God set ablaze? We just talked about the story of Elijah, remember? But you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You'll go leaping like calves from the stalls. You'll tread down the wicked. There'll be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses and behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet. Before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. So that's the day that's coming that will set them ablaze. And he'll send Elijah beforehand. And Elijah will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and children to the fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. This is a great passage. It's a famous passage. This passage is wrapped up in... Look, this is, this is uh, Sunday school. We've got 10 minutes. We're just going to have to make room for this. Do you see Christmas in this passage? You know that song? Hark the Herald Angels Sing? It's here! Okay. Uh, Stop, Charlie. Thank you. The third verse, hail the heaven-born prince of peace, hail the son of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Charles Wesley, a student of the Bible, the son of righteousness, spells it S-U-N. You who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise, risen with healing in its wings. Just saying. That's Jesus. And before Jesus comes, Elijah is going to come and prepare the way of the Lord. And that's the last prophecy we've got in the Old Testament before the birth of Jesus and the story of John the Baptist. Now, if we go to the PowerPoint, I'll throw in just a little bit more for you for just a moment. Do you know what this is? That's a Hebrew shawl. And down at the bottom of the shawl, you'll see the tzitzits. Those are written about in numbers. They're tassels that are to be put on the fringe of the garments. Numbers 15, 37 through 41. And verse 38 says to put them on the fringes of the garments. Tzitzits go on the wings, are the corners of the garment. Kanaf is the the Hebrew word, uh, uh, kof, noon, uh, final fe, fe suffet. 
that's that's the Hebrew word for the the wings, the the fringes of the garment. That's the word that's used here. The healing in its wings, in its the fringes of the garment. That's the reason why Matthew and others, Matthew and others, ah, get through that. Sorry, I went the wrong way. My fault. That's the reason Matthew and others talk about how can we just touch the fringe of Jesus's garment? The woman with the issue of blood touches the fringe, the wings of his garment, the kanaf. That's what it is. The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. It's say the fringe of his garments. And when they touched the fringe of Jesus's garment, they were healed. Hail the son of righteousness, risen with healing in his wings. You can touch the fringe of his garment and be healed. So here you've got Elijah. Elijah's name is, means, Yahweh is my God. The Yah part stands for Yahweh. Eli, Eli in Hebrew, Eli Yah. Elijah is the way we say it, but it's Eli Yah, Eli Yah, Eli, my God. Eli Yah, my God is Yahweh. Eli Yah, Eli Yah. So here you've got this man whose very name, his character, God, Yahweh is my God. He stood up for what is right. He called the people to repentance. He called the kings to account for their failure to worship the true God. And he preceded another who was to come after him with double the blessing. So John the Baptist comes on the scene. And when you read John chapter 1, you read that he is Elijah. Now, John didn't think he was. John the Baptist didn't think he was, I should say. They'd say, are you Elijah? He'd say, no. He didn't understand that, but we never said he was perfect. But Jesus said it. Matthew eleven ten through 15. Yes, Elijah's going to come before the great and awesome day of the Lord when the Son of Righteousness comes with healings in his wings. Who is it going to be? What did I say? Matthew eleven ten. Matthew eleven ten through 15. See, John the Baptist, who's seen Jesus do all of these things and heard about him. Even John, like Elijah, had doubts as John's in prison facing his beheading that's coming. He sends his apostles or his disciples and says, Go ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? Jesus said, you go tell him what you see and hear. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. And all of this is, is what prophetically the Messiah was to do. And then uh, they go and do it. And, and Jesus says about John the Baptist, he says, this is him of whom it's written, I shall send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Among those born of women, there's risen no one greater than John the Baptist. If you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. That's not a reincarnation. It's the spirit of Elijah. It's the one who did those things Elijah did. It's the one who, who called people to repent. 
It's the one, he's the one who, who called on kings to put aside their idols. He's the one who declared the word of the Lord. He did all of those things that we listed. He stood up for what was right. He preceded one who was greater. And then we've got Elijah and the Mount of Transfiguration where we started the class. It's in Matthew 17. But it's an amazing story. The Mount, when, when Elijah wants to hear the word of the Lord, he goes to the mountains and God says to him, here it is. When Moses is to get the law, he goes on the mountain in Exodus. So Moses and Elijah are on the mountains to hear the word of the Lord when they meet with Jesus. And Jesus shines. The big blessing in the Hebrew Old Testament for the Levitical priests to give to the people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. Now Moses goes up on the mountain in Exodus 34 and Moses' face shines, but it shines because he's been in the presence of the shining God, the Shekinah glory of God. It doesn't shine on its own. It's the face of God that shines. That's the blessing in the Psalms. May God make His face shine upon you. And that's what happens in the transfiguration. Jesus shines. And He's greater than Elijah and He's greater than Moses and they're there to listen to Him because He's God. So here are your points for home. Number one, Eliyah. Elijah. Eliyah. I, I, I want this. I want the Lord to be my God. I don't want to chase after idols. I don't want to make people more valuable. I don't want to make things more valuable. I don't want to be afraid. I want to stand firm. Yahweh is my God. And I'm okay with that. People say things that aren't true. But Yahweh is my God. I'm okay with that. People do things that are not right. But Yahweh is my God. I can handle that. Yahweh is my God. I may be struggling here. But Yahweh is my God. I've got an answer for that. I may not know what tomorrow holds. But Yahweh is my God. I'll walk through that in faith. Point for home number two. From the cloud, God said on the Mount of Transfiguration, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And think about that. God could have just said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. But he doesn't. He says, listen to him. there's the, the, the voice of God speaks in Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. Listen to him. 
Don't spend your life without opening up these Gospels and reading them and listening to the Lord Jesus. I've been walking with Him for, for decades and decades and decades. But I still want to hear Him fresh and anew. I still want to spend time in these Gospels. I want to hear the word of the Lord. I want to listen to him. He is God's beloved son. So I'm going to listen to the Lord. Point for home last. But for you who fear my name, the son, and that's S-U-N, the pun that we have with son in English doesn't translate back. Um, The son, Shemesh in Hebrew, the son of righteousness See, the sun that shines, the shining sun, righteousness that shines like the sun. The sun of righteousness shall rise, the sun rises, shall rise with healing in its wings, in its fringes, in its corners. Where the sun shines, there is healing. I know where to go get my healing from the S-U-N or S-O-N in English. The son of righteousness, Jesus, is the answer to any problem we face. I'm looking forward to talking to you next Sunday. Let me bless you in the name of the Lord and then we'll go. Father, I thank you so much for Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Savior, our Healer, the light of your glory to bring light into our darkness, faith into our doubts, joy into our misery, comfort to our grief to bring the answers to our questions the confidence to our questioning Father may those who hear this message rest in the faith that you are God and that that changes everything Amen. See you guys next Sunday. God bless each of you.